the, the Word of God together. Judges chapter 16. Uh, Judges chapter number 16. Thank you for that. And uh, boy, the choir sang that song for the cause of Christ. Every month this year, the first Sunday of the month, they're going to sing. Uh, they're going to sing that song. Uh, for the cause of Christ. That's the theme this year. Let's do it for the cause of Christ. And so I think it's a good crowd here this morning. Way to start off the uh, the new year. Uh, Judges chapter 16. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. And we're going to read all the way through verse 21. Very familiar story here about Samson and Delilah. And I want you to listen this morning. Uh, I think it's a great truth here uh, this morning. That gives a good balance of our God. A God of mercy, but also a God of judgment. And uh, this morning, I want you to listen, and I think it'll be a help to you. So Judges chapter 16, starting in verse 1, and we will uh, do every other verse. I'll read verse 1, you'll read verse 2, I'll read verse 3, you read verse 4, etc. So Judges 16, verse 1. <clears throat> then came Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot, and went in under her together. And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bars and all. And put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Together. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth. And by what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green withs, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the withs as a thread of tow is broken uh, when, it is, is touched the, when it touched the fire. And so his strength was not known. Together. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that were never occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah <coughs> said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. He said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And he fastened it with a pin and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pin in his beam and with the web. And she said unto him, 
How canst thou say I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, for he has shown me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came upon her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep under uh, upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. And let's read verse 21 together. Ready? But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. They put him in there like an animal grinding wheat. Let's pray together, please. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you would take the truth this morning and that you would use it. I think it'd be a a great help to many of us if we would simply uh, listen and get it this morning. And so we commit it to you. May our hearts be tender this morning and may they be opened in Jesus' name. Amen. of crimson God wrote his love on a hillside so long long ago for you and for me Jesus died and love's greatest story was
Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the, the message here. Please use it this morning. Use it. We need your help this morning if we're going to walk away <coughs> with what we need uh, from the Word of God. We came this morning to hear from heaven. We came because we have a need. We came some out of character, some out of habit, but there's still a need. Some come because they are hungry and there's a need. And some come because they're desperate and something has to change in their life soon. I pray this morning that all of this would accomplish uh, from the Word of God what is meant to be accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. Samson, there's a, there's a movie out right now called Samson. And I'd be careful uh, getting my, uh, my Bible knowledge and my doctrine from TV. Uh, it's, it's a shame nowadays that, there's, that, that television has replaced our Bible reading. In a lot of ways, we get our Bible stories from TV, and though they may be somewhat entertaining and they may have a a, a form of truth, uh, I don't believe that's the best place to go for your doctrine. I think you ought to go to the Bible. We got the we got the story right here. Why would you read a fake or watch a fake? Because we're too lazy to read it. But anyway, um, uh, Samson, Samson was a Nazarite. The Bible says from his birth. Uh, now, Nazarite did not mean somebody from Nazareth. A Nazarite vow was a vow that somebody would take. And when they took that vow, it consisted of three main things. Uh, first of all, for the length of the vow, they would drink no fruit of the vine. Uh, that would be any sort of, the Bible calls it wine. Uh, but in the Bible, the word wine does not refer to wine as we would say it today. If you were going to go get some grape juice, you wouldn't say wine. You'd say grape juice. And uh, if you wanted to drink some alcoholic wine, uh, which, you know, and go against the Bible and be a, and, and, and be a bad testimony and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and get drunk and drink like God said not to do, then you'd ask for a bottle of wine. Um, uh, but, sorry, did I say all that? And, uh, but uh, uh, in the Bible, the word wine means a fruit of the vine. Sometimes it referred to fresh wine or grape juice. Sometimes it referred to alcoholic wine. Uh, and fermented wine, but at any rate, it was it was fruit of the vine. Now the the Nazarite could not drink any fruit of the vine, whether fermented or not fermented. He could not drink the fruit of the vine. Secondly, he was not to touch a dead body. 
uh, for the length of his vow. And thirdly, he was not to cut his hair. Now, uh, most people, when they took uh, the Nazarite vow, it was for a short period of time. It would be maybe for 30 days or maybe for 60 days or maybe for a couple of weeks. And they would take a, this Nazarite vow. And then for those few weeks or a couple of months or what have you, they would not touch a dead body. They would not drink any fruit of the vine and they would not cut their hair. However, on rare occasion, there was somebody who took a Nazarite vow for a lifetime or from their youth. And as God instructed uh, the parents of Samson that he would be a Nazarite from his birth, in other words, his whole life he was not to drink any fruit of the vine, he was not to touch a dead body, he was not to cut his hair. Uh, that was showing his consecration or his separation, if you will, to God. Uh, taking a Nazarite vow for a small period of time would be maybe similar to us fasting today. We would take a, 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 a three days and we won't eat any food and, and setting ourselves apart to get close closer to God for a period of time. And that's what the normal Nazarite vow was. But on occasion, somebody like Samson became a Nazarite from his youth and his whole life was set apart for the master's use and set apart for the Lord. Now, God, listen, God created Samson to deliver Israel from the Philistine army. Israel was now, once again, in the book of Judges, as it happened many times, they were once again in bondage. And uh, the Philistines were the ones that were oppressing the Israelites. And God had created Samson and reared up Samson for the main purpose of delivering Israel from the Philistine army. Uh, now, Samson, we see the movies and uh, the pictures, and they always show Samson this, this huge muscle bound, well, you know, uh, kind of like this, and, uh, but you know, a, a huge uh, muscle bound you know, type of a man. I don't think that's how Samson was. I think Samson probably was an average looking guy. He would probably look like me, uh, probably not quite, quite as good looking, but probably somewhat about my size, I'm guessing. Just an average type of guy. Because the Bible says that they were all concerned, where is his strength? Well, if he was a great big muscle-bound man, they know where his strength was. It was in him. But he was just an everyday guy, but he had this great strength when the Spirit of God came upon him. He became a mighty man. At one time, he was out and, and uh, ran across a lion. And the Bible says that he of the Spirit of God came upon him and he killed that lion with his bare hands. Another time, he, uh, the Spirit of God came upon him and he, killed, uh, he slew 30 Philistines at once, uh, killed those 30 Philistines. Another time, he went out and caught 300, fox, uh, 300 foxes and, and tied firebrands to them and released them in the, in the fields of the Philistines and burnt down their fields. Um, uh, uh, the, 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 once again, the Spirit of God came upon him. Another time, the Spirit of God came upon him, and he, he found a jawbone of an ass in the ground. And he, he picked up, and with that one jawbone, he slew a thousand people. Can you imagine that? A thousand grown men killed them single-handedly with a jawbone. Uh, another time, we only wrote, read about a moment ago, he was in, uh, he was in uh, uh, Gaza, and they, uh, uh, they, they encompassed the city about and they were going to kill him and he gets up at midnight and picks up the gates rips the post out of the ground and carries them off a uh, 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 pretty miraculous strength well he had been using this strength and harassing the philistines all this time and uh and, and uh, uh bringing victory to the israelites and eventually was supposed to conquer them matter of fact the bible tells us that that was his purpose for being born and he would begin to deliver israel but he would never finish the, finish the job he came to do. And well, uh, one day I'm going to preach a sermon along those lines, but not today. Now this mighty man, this mighty man of Samson, listen, he had a weakness 
as every man does. Everybody in this room, you have a weakness. Samson was a mighty man uh, and unmatchable, but he had a weakness, and Delilah was his weakness. Delilah was that weakness that brought him down. Delilah was sent, boy, if, you, if, you'll, listen to this, if you'll listen to this right here to change your life, Delilah was sent by the Philistines, paid off by the Philistines, sent to Samson to bring Samson down, to destroy Samson. She batted her eyes and she flirted with him and talked about how much she loved him and how they're going to spend their life together and how she's going to take it. But let me, it was all a bunch of lies. She didn't care about Samson. She was after that, that money. She was after the, those 1,100 pieces of silver. That's what she was after. She did not care at all about Samson, but she was sent by the Philistines to destroy Samson. Now, be careful. Listen, be careful, because there are people that are sent by the Lord of this world to destroy you. That's why they're out there. They have been sent and they have been assigned your name and assigned your number and they have been given the task of coming after you to destroy you. Be careful you don't fall into that trap and say, but they like me. No, they don't like you. They're trying to destroy you. Oh, but she likes, she doesn't like you. She's been sent by the devil to destroy you. Oh, but he says he loves me. He doesn't love you. He was sent by the devil to destroy you. Now be careful because there are people out there that have been sent by the devil himself to introduce you to evil and to bring you down just as they brought Samson down. By the way, where was Delilah when Samson had his eyes poked out? Where was, where was Delilah when he was grinding wheat like an animal? Where was, where was Delilah? We don't hear about Delilah anymore. Delilah didn't come back to his rescue. She didn't come back and, 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 and say, well, I love you anyway, even though you have no eyes and no strength. No, she was gone. She took the money and went to Paris. She was out of there. Now, I want you to know the story of Delilah. We, we read a moment ago. Uh, we read a moment ago the story of Delilah and, and, and Samson. She, she comes and she starts seducing them. I love you. I love you. Tell me. Give me a secret. Where's your strength? Where's your strength? Now watch this. Samson, he, he, he flirted with it. He flirted with it. He, 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 he didn't tell her off the bat, but he flirted with it. He didn't, he didn't go, he, he didn't do it. He didn't smoke dope right off the bat, but he hung around her. You see, he hung around it. He didn't go drinking right at first, but he got a glass just like the glass she was drinking out of. I mean, he flirted with it. And she said, where is your strength? And he said, well, if you get seven green vines, fresh vines, and tie me with those, my strength. Now, that's not where his strength was, but he, he told her that. It's very interesting to me. The next thing you find is that Samson's tied up with seven green vines. He's all tied up. Now, Samson in his heart saying, yeah, right. I ain't going to get me. I'll bust these in a heartbeat. I, I don't know where my strength is. I know where my strength is. Uh, and they came in, and here she is. Thank you for telling me. And where she, she had a bunch of Philistines hiding in the, hiding in the closet. Oh, the Philistines be upon you, Samson. They came out. He breaks them and destroys them and gets free. Now, that right there should have been the first sign to Samson. This woman's up to no good. If Samson had a brain in his head, he would have said right then, this woman is up to no good. She's trying to destroy me. Now, Delilah must have been drop-dead gorgeous for him to stick around. Because I'd have been gone. Uh, that woman had... So then she... But then he says this. No, come on, now tell me. Where is your strength? He said... Oh, it wasn't in the green vines. You're right. It was in new rope. 
if you bind me with new rope. Now, hold on a second. What is rope made out of back then? Made out of hair. If you notice, every time Samson said something, he got a little closer to the truth. He got a little closer to destruction. He started off with seven vines. Well, okay, it's, it's, it's rope made out of hair. And they bind him. Next thing you know, he's bound with rope. And sure enough, the Samson be, uh, the Philistines be upon these Samson. And he breaks the rope and, and, and drives them out. He should have learned right then. This woman's up to no good. She comes, oh, Samson, you lied to me now, sweetheart pumpkin. You sure are big and strong and handsome, and I love you. Now tell me the truth. What did he say then? You mess with the hair of my head and weave the locks of my head together. Wait a minute. He went from a vine to a rope made out of hair. Now he's messing around with his own hair. He's getting, what do you do? He got one step closer to the truth. Next thing you know, he wakes up and his, his hair is all woven together in the weaver's beam. And, and, he, and she says, the Philistines be upon thee. He jumps up and he, and, he, and he conquers them once again. And she, the Bible says she pressed him daily, every day, every day pressing him. And finally she wore him down. Listen, you hang around Delilah long enough, she'll wear you down. You may think you can stand, but you go to the barbershop long enough, one day you'll get a haircut. You hang around the bar long enough, one day you'll be drinking. You hang around the dope smokers long enough, one day you'll smoke dope. You hang around the cussers long enough, one day you'll be cussing. That's just all there is to it. It's going to happen. And she, and she pressed him daily until finally one day he told her the truth. It's the hair of my head. I'm a Nazarite. If you cut my hair, I lose all my strength. And that night she found he found himself with his head in the lap of Delilah getting a haircut and his strength was gone and taken away and he was he was found his eyes poked out grinding wheat uh, uh, pushing a mill or a millstone around grinding wheat and a prisoner of war uh, I want you to notice every time well, a few things first of all every time he got closer to destruction you won't flirt with sin and stay over here. You'll flirt with sin and you'll get one step closer. And you'll flirt a little more and get one step closer. You'll flirt a little more and you'll get one step closer. Every time he got a little closer to destruction. Next of all, I want you to notice that every time God was merciful. God was merciful. He First of all, he had no business being around Delilah in the first place. But God was merciful and he kept his strength. Then he flirted around with it and said, well, uh, bind me with the seven green vines. That wasn't it. He should never have said that, but God was merciful. Then he said, well, bind me with the seven ropes of hair. And he should never have done that. He's getting close to destruction, but God was merciful and gave him his strength back. He said, well, uh, put my hair on the weaver's beam and, 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 and uh, my hair, my seven locks of my hair together. And then and, and, and he got a little closer. He shouldn't have done that, but God was merciful. I, thirdly, I want you to notice this, that eventually there was a last chance given. That's the title of my sermon this morning is, That's Your Last Chance, Samson. That's your last chance. God is patient, but God is not tolerant. Boy, get that. God is patient, but God is not tolerant. Take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 1 this morning. Proverbs chapter 1. If there's a passage in the Bible you ought to memorize, that'll be Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse 23. Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse number 23. He said, turn you at my reproof. 
Behold, I'll pour my spirit out unto you, and I'll make my known my words known unto you. God said, turn you at my reproof. I reproved you. I corrected you. Listen to me. Turn right now at my reproof. Next verse, verse 24. Because I have called, and you refused. I stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you said it not on my counsel, and with none of my reproof. God said, I, I was, here I was. I was coming. I reproved you, but you wouldn't listen. He said, I called you, but you wouldn't listen to me. I stretched out my hand, but you pushed it away. I gave you my counsel, but you would not listen. I gave you reproof again, and you would not listen. He said, I kept coming to you, and I kept coming to you, and I kept giving you chance, and after chance, and I kept being merciful, and I kept trying with you. Finally, verse 26, I also will then laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall you call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. God said this. He said, I was patient with you. I reached out to you, but you pushed me away. I called to you, but you would not listen. I called your name but you turned a deaf ear. I tried to, I tried to reprove you, but you, you still would not hearken. And, and I was merciful. I kept on. Finally, he said, that was enough of it. And I walked away. And when your calamity came and when your fear came and your problem came, God said, I mocked you. You know what it means to mock somebody? It means, it, it, it means this. If you'll come to me and say, oh, sometimes your kids will come, oh, dad, I'm hungry. And I'll try and say, oh, I'm so hungry. That's mocking somebody. God said, that's what he'll do to you. Oh, God, my baby's in the hospital. God, I need your help. And God said, oh, my baby's in the hospital. Oh, I need some help. That's what mocking is. Oh, God, please. I, I don't know what to do. I'm in financial reversal. I've got to have your hand. Oh, isn't that terrible? You have no money. Oh, poor you. Might starve to death. That's what God, that's exactly what it means. He said, I'll mock you. I'll make fun of you. I'll laugh at your calamity. Why? Because I called you and you would not answer. I reached out to you and you pushed me away. I tried to get you and you would not care. And now you care because you want what I have? I don't think so. Eat the fruit of your own labor. Eat the ways of your own devices. Go your way because I will not listen to it anymore. I'm saying we better be careful because God is a patient God, but he's not a tolerant God. And there will come a day when that was your last chance. And we said, well, okay, okay, God. Okay, one more chance. God said, sorry, your one more chance was last time. You may be able to con people. You may be able to con the world society. You may be able to go and con even the judge, but you can't con God. You can come and say, oh, I promised you. Just give me one more chance, your honor. I promise I won't do it ever again. I won't drink and drive ever again. I won't steal ever again. And the judge may say, fine, I'll give you another chance and another chance and another chance. And Hey, listen, God said, I'll give you a chance after chance, but there will come a day when I'll say, that's it, I'm done. You can beg all you want afterwards. I am done. I've given my all. I am done. I want to give you several things this morning. Number one, first of all, realize your purpose. Realize your purpose. You, just like Samson, was created for a purpose. 
Now, you may not know your purpose, and I don't know if Samson knew his purpose. Samson may not have realized he was born and specifically created and designed to deliver Israel from the Philistines. He may not have known that, and you may not know why you were created, but I promise you, when you, when you were born, God did not look down from heaven and go, uh-oh, where'd he come from? Now, your mom and dad might have said, uh-oh, but, uh, you know, but God didn't look down from heaven and say, uh-oh, what do I do with him? No, you were made with a reason, and God said, I'm going to make that person, and I'm going to create that person because I got a job for him to do. And God has a purpose for a job and a job for you. You were designed for a reason, and that reason wasn't to become popular. That reason was not to become rich. That reason was not to make a name for yourself. That reason was not for you to, uh, to, ha to have some sort of a, 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 a name in society. That reason that you were born was a reason for God's purpose and God's reason. He made you for a purpose. Hey, I was designed for a Royal Baptist Church. That's why I was made. I was made to pastor a Royal Baptist Church. I was not made to go out and become a banker. I wasn't made to go start a business. I wasn't made to go, uh, to go off into uh, some other, I don't know, what, what is it to do out there? Work at McDonald's. I wasn't made for that, I know. Maybe Burger King, but not McDonald's. And uh, uh, I, I was so sick of McDonald's. Uh, my whole family, we say McDonald's, we all go bleh. And um, back when they had, they had the, on the app, you have a buy one sandwich. Uh, it, it was, uh, no, it was uh, any sandwich for a dollar. Any sandwich for a dollar. Well, that's, that's the 6 and $7 Big Mac for a buck. Well, then if you fill out the receipt, it's buy one, get one free. So I went and got me a bunch of receipts out of the trash can, you know. And you, you fill out all the receipts, and, and you go there, and, and you fill out, and then we all get in a line. We all get in a line with our app. I'll take, a, uh, I'll take two Big Macs, okay? That'll be you know, $14, okay? Give them the receipt. Buy one, get one free, okay? That'll be $7. Scan the app. Beep. That's one. That's 50 cents per sandwich. They were talking about the signatures, chicken sandwiches. We're talking everything. A buck. 50 cents for each. Two of them for a buck. We'd line up. We'd feed the whole family literally $60 and $70 worth of food for about $8. Man, we went to McDonald's all the time. Man, it's cheaper to eat there than anywhere else. And, uh, and now you say McDonald's, and we all, I mean, it's pretty bad when, when you're three-year-old Ellie, and you say, want to go to McDonald's? She goes, oh, no, please. And, uh, <laughs> that's pretty but they quit, doing the, they quit doing that deal. I don't know why. It was a great deal. Uh, uh, but listen, I wasn't made for McDonald's. I was made for a war about this church. I was made to pastor here. That's what God created me to do. God made me for this. And listen, God made you for something, too. God made you for something too. Don't be like Samson and waste it in Delilah's chamber when you shouldn't be out doing what God made you to do. Number two, number two, first you were created for a purpose. Number two, you are mighty in your purpose when you're following God. Amen. Hey, when Samson followed the Lord, he slew that lion. When Samson was following the Lord, he'd pick up those, uh, those, uh, uh, those, uh, those, uh, those uh, gates to the city and walk off. When Samson was, was right with us, say he was doing right when all those things happened. But I'm saying the Spirit of God was upon him and God's hand was still with him because overall, I believe Samson was trying to head the right direction. Hey, when, when, Sam, when God was upon Samson and, and, and Samson was there, he picked up the jawbone and slew a thousand people. And he, when he stayed right with God, he was a mighty man. And if you'll stay right with God, you'll be a mighty person in the things of God also. You have great potential. It amazes me. The potential that some people have. Samson had a great potential. I'm amazed. Some of you can sing, but you won't sing for the Lord. Some of you can give, but you won't give for the Lord. Some of you have ability, but you won't use your ability for the Lord. 
Some of you have a way with your personality. You could talk to people. You could win people to Christ. You could spread the gospel, but you won't do it for the Lord. You are mighty when you're doing things the right way and you reach your potential and you stay right with God. You are mighty in the purpose that God created you to be. You have a lot of potential. If you'll stay right, you'll, you'll make it. Number three, the enemy is going to try to stop you. He's going to try to tear you down. Oh, how the mighty are fallen, the Bible says. The mighty ones are the ones who fall. The mighty ones are the ones Satan's after. And so he goes after Samson, trying to take Samson down. He sends a Bathsheba to go after a David and pull down David. He takes a serpent that goes after Adam and Eve them down. He goes after a, 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 a great mighty Saul who at one time was a choice young man and a goodly head and shoulders above all the people. Eventually jealousy came in and tore him down and destroyed him. I'm saying that there's a Delilah out there that has been assigned with your name and he's going to try to take you down. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how long you've been in church, how long you've been saved. And none of that really matters. You still have a demon out there that has your name on a card and he's after you. And he's doing everything he can to destroy you. He will do everything he can to take you down. You and I better be very careful. We better walk around circling. We better not let no Delilah in our life. You better be careful for some Delilah. You get flirting around with some Delilah. Number four, don't flirt with sin. Don't flirt with it. You're playing with, you're playing with fire. You're, you're, you're messing around with a, with a poisonous snakes. Don't flirt with it. Uh, uh, you know, you see these TV shows sometimes, you know, and, oh, this is the most poisonous snake known to mankind. I'm going to reach my hand into his cave and try to pick him up and get him. Let me, you know, what's wrong with you people? You're nuts, you know? But that's what you do. That's you, know, like those cat, cat, catfish fishermen, you know? They just go out and put their hand down and then reach into holes and, and hoping that uh, catfish will bite their hand. Then they grab the insides and pull them out. They say, you got to be careful because sometimes it's a snapping turtle. What? Just, just, just go to the grocery store and buy a catfish. You know, before I do that, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But that's how some of you are with your sin. Oh, you're not going to drink, but you'll hang out at the bar. Come on now. So, oh, what's, what's wrong with Dave and Buster's? The alcohol? Amen. Wow. That's why I'm unpopular right there. You know, uh, uh, so, oh, it's just like a grown-up Chuck E. I'm all for the games. Listen, I love the motorcycle games. That's fun. I am, I'm not against the game. You want to go there and play something? Go, that's fine. But the problem is, you hang around the alcohol long enough, it might take a drink. If you've been around it so much that the smell doesn't bother you, something's wrong. You ought to walk by alcohol and go, ugh, it just stinks. It's awful. But you go there long enough, it's not awful anymore. I'm saying you better be careful because you flirt with sin and you're going to get bit one day. You say, well, I can handle it. No, you can't. No, you can't. Well, I can, I can handle watching a movie and, and then they bring out some illicit sex scene. And, uh, and I can handle watching. No, you can't. You better shut your eyes like you tell your five-year-old to shut his eyes. Come on now, because you can't handle it either. Don't just flirt with the sin. Don't let sin creep its way in there. You better be careful. Hey, you better, you better still go by and stomp on cigarettes. You better still go by and close your eyes and walk by the liquor store. You ought to still plug your nose when you walk by the marijuana shops. You ought to still be careful and don't flirt with sin because that sin will get you and it will tear you down. That's one of the biggest problems with texting uh, people, members of the opposite sex. You should never, listen to me, you should never uh, casually text or message, or email, or any other junk that's out there, Snapchat, and all that other stuff. You should never casually do that with somebody you're not married to. Right. Yes, sir. It's going to turn out bad. 
I never casually uh, uh, contact anybody, uh, a female in this room, or outside this room for that matter. I'm not just going to tomorrow morning send, uh, uh, send Stephanie a message. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you there? I hope you have a wonderful day. No, I, I contact Stephanie if I need something. Dear Stephanie, you did not tithe yesterday. And, uh, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'll call you, hey, where were you? You weren't in church yesterday. Or I may contact you and say, hey, I was praying for you. But, uh, hey, I saw something on TV. I thought I'd share it with you. Oh, I heard a funny joke. Hey, Miss Karen, I heard a funny joke. Want to hear it? That's a, no, 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 that's not, that's, no, that's too, no, that's not proper. You better be careful. You better be careful. You don't sit there, uh, uh, you girls, you shouldn't be calling and texting other guys. You're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. You're going to get yourself in a position you should not be in. Why? You're flirting with sin. You're flirting with it. Stay away from it. Stay far from it. Walk away. Just make sure you make your paths very straight and stay away from sin because that sin is more powerful than you are. You better stay away from it. Hey, don't let people say, well, I don't drink, but I let people who do drink come to my house. No, if you're going to come to my house, leave your alcohol outside and not on the porch either to get cold. Leave it gone. Leave it gone. All right, you're coming to my house, you're smoking my house. I'm not, you're coming to get weed, I'm getting weed, you're not smoking weed in my house. You're not coming to my house high, you're not coming to my house drunk, you're not coming to my house and watch that. You're not going to bring that movie in my house, you're not watching horror movies in my house. Why? Because I don't want to fall. I don't want to get into sin. I've got to be careful not to flirt with it because it will take you down. Number five, number five, God may give you a chance. Listen, but don't become presumptuous that he'll always be okay with it. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. You're living for the Lord, and then you fall. And somebody gave you a joint, and you have taken a, a puff on some nasty marijuana pipe or cigarette or whatever it is. I don't know what you do. Put, put marijuana in your arm with a needle. I don't know what you do with it. And uh, why are you laughing? Is that not what you do? Anyway, uh, somebody gives you some marijuana. And next thing you know, you fall. And you take a little. Oh, man, that night you're so sorry. Lord, I should not have done that. Man, I hope God. And then, and that was on, on Friday morning, Friday afternoon. And then, uh, uh, but, but you come to teen night Friday night. And God still used you, and you're okay. And, you've, and you got something out of the message. And, and then Saturday, you went soul winning. You led somebody to Christ, and, and then you showed up to church on Sunday, and you had a visitor, and, and you felt like God was still with you. Like, man, you know what? Thank God he didn't leave me. That's good. Then later on the next week, you did it again. And you, had, you smoked a little more marijuana. And you felt terrible, and you wondered, is, is God going to be with me, or is he not? Boy, I, and the next thing you know, you, you come, come to church on Wednesday night, and when you did, somebody you gave a track to the week before, they showed up Wednesday night. And they came, they came, and you got something out of the sermon, and you were praying a prayer, and God answered your prayer. Like, man, I think God might, maybe God's not okay with it. Maybe God's just being merciful. The next week, you do it again. And God is merciful again. And pretty soon, you say, ha, it doesn't matter if I do this. God will always be with me. 
No, he won't. Just because he's merciful doesn't mean he's being tolerant. God's being patient with you, and he's trying to give you a chance to recover. He's trying to get you a chance to come back on your own. He's trying to say, hey, listen, you messed up, and I'm forgiving. Come on back. Come on back. Hey, listen, didn't you know she's trying to tie you up, buddy? You better don't tell her anything else. Hey, she's trying to tie you up again with ropes. Hey, man, she, put, she tied your hair all up in a weed. What is wrong with you? Hey, don't give it anymore. And yet he kept on doing it. It did not last very long and it finally caught up to him. Number seven, there will come a day when it's the last chance. There will come a day. This is what, 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 what did Samson say? He said, it's, it's seven green vines. She tied him. The Philistines be upon thee. He, he broke the vines and ran them out. This is the time of new ropes. They tied him up new ropes. He broke them and drove the Philistines out. You put my hair in a beam and, and weave it in the, in the weaver's beam. He did, they, they, she did so. And the Philistines be upon thee. And she, he, he broke free and drove them out. The next time, okay, cut the hairs of my head. She shaved his head. And the Philistines be upon thee. And he said, I will get up and shake myself as I have before. But he wist not that God had left him. You be careful because they say, well, I, I know I, I know I spoke and don't blast week, but I'll just do what I always do on Sunday. And I'll show up and I'll sing again and I'll, I'll preach and I'll serve God again and it'll be okay. I'll shake myself as I did before and be just as strong and just as mighty. And you'll stand up and realize God said, I'm gone. I'm gone. You better be careful because the last chance will come. There will come a day when you presumptuously take your last drink and God washes his hands and say, I'm done with this. I'm done. I've been working on you. I've been convicting you. Listen, you, if you get convicted in church, you better get right. Because you're going to get convicted and keep doing it, and your heart gets a little harder. And you'll be convicted and keep doing it and get a little harder. And you'll be convicted and keep doing it and get a little harder. Until pretty soon, you have a heart of stone. And nothing can, can, can convince you. Nothing can get through to you. And you're strong and hard as can be. And God cannot penetrate it anymore. And you walk on in your sin. And God said, I'm done. I'll move on to somebody who cares. It will happen. It will happen. Samson saw the consequences coming, but he never repented and he never changed. He knew it. He knew what he was doing was wrong. He knew the path he was on was wrong. He knew Delilah was not right. He knew that it was a bad thing for him. And he was on that path, but he kept on flirting. He kept on that path and eventually destruction caught up to him and it destroyed him. I'm warning you this morning. The day's going to come when God's had enough. He's been patient. He's been kind. He's tried to draw you. But you've kept on going. You've kept on going. So today, today, if God's been speaking to your heart about something, don't harden your heart as in the day of provocation. Don't harden your heart anymore. Don't keep hardening your heart and say, well, yeah, I did, but you know what? God's still with me. He's been with me. I'll stay in church. I'll keep serving God. I ain't get... Careful. Careful. You think you're going to shake yourself like you always did? You think you'll get up and flex those muscles and be just as strong as before? I got news for you. He wists not that the Lord had left him. He didn't know it. He got down just as strong as before. He went out. Let me go. Let me go. Let, let me go. Let me go. Hey, let me go. They came over and put the brass cuffs on. Ha! What happened? I used to be able to break these in a heartbeat. What happened? They lost it all because he did not stop. Listen, do not become 
a casualty. Don't become a casualty. So today, what a way, what a way to start the new year. God's been talking to you. God's been speaking to your heart. There's some things you're supposed to be doing, some things you're not supposed to be doing. Uh, why don't you today say, you know what, God? I don't want to be like Samson and get to a place where you have left me and you've washed your hands at me. I don't want to be like Proverbs chapter 1 where I've, I've pushed you away and pushed you away and pushed you away. You push somebody away long enough, eventually they're going to go away. You push them away long enough, eventually they're going to go away. And one day God's going to say, you don't want me? Fine. I'm not going to push myself on you anymore. You don't want me here? Fine. I'll leave you alone. I will never bother you again. And then the day will come, I promise you, when you're going to need God. You teenagers, the day is going to come when you need God. You're going to need him. You better be on his good side. You better be walking with him and be in fellowship with him. Otherwise, he'll mock at your calamity and he'll laugh at you. So today, what is it? What's your Delilah? Alcohol? You better get rid of it today. You better get serious about that alcohol because it will bring you down like Delilah brought down Samson. What's your downfall today? Smoking dope? Say, well, it's legal. It doesn't matter if it's legal. It's illegal to cuss. That doesn't mean it's right. There's people in this room that you smoke dope and you ought to get right with God and get rid of that garbage because destroying your life and destroying your mind it's altering who you are and when you do so and you alter the way you think and the way you behave you open yourself up to satanic influence and the bible they call the, the bible when people when people were, were, were seducing people and using those evil spirits the bible called them the bible the bible uh, uh, the, the the greek word that god used it was it was um uh, uh pharmakai pharmakai were the drug pushers back then what were they? There's nothing. It was, it was where we are pharmacy, our drugs. That's what it was. Something that alters the mind. And when you alter the way you think, you got to be careful. Anything that changes who you are and the way you act and the way you think and the way you behave is not right. That's what's wrong with alcohol. That's what's wrong with drugs. That's what's wrong with dope. That's what's wrong with all. Get that stuff out of your mind because it's destroying you. So if your message, if your Delilah is marijuana today, best thing for you to do is get right with God and say, I'm done. I'm done. Sorry, Delilah. Get out. Get out of my house. I'm not telling you anything else. Go. I'm staying away from you. What's your Delilah? Pornography? Is that your Delilah? Child molesters don't start off as child molesters. They start off with pornography. And they get ingrained in it and get a hold of them and then they move to a harder type of porn. And then they move into deeper type of porn. And pretty soon it's into bestiality or homosexuality. Then it's into bestiality. And pretty soon it goes as far and as nasty as child type of pornography. Because sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. The best thing to do is get way back here and say, I have a pornography problem. I'm done. Today, the Sunday of 2019, I'm done. Delilah, get out of here. I'm not flirting with you anymore. What is your besetting sin? What is it that's dragging you down? Is it that one person that you just can't seem to get free of? Because every time you're around them, they pull you down. They pull you down. They get rid of them. 
But we've been buddies since kindergarten. It doesn't, they're not your friend. Get rid of them. I'm not anymore because, hey, listen, Delilah convinced uh, uh, Samson she was his best friend. But she was assigned by the lords of the Philistines to destroy him. And your so-called friend may be assigned by the lords of darkness to destroy you. You better stay away from them. What is your Delilah today? Whatever it is, you ought to lay it on the altar today and say, I'm done. I'm walking out because I'm not going to take God's patience and mercy presumptuously until the day it kills me. Because I promise you, as much as I'm standing here, I promise you there will come a day when God says, that's enough. I'm done. This isn't popular preaching these days. You know what's popular? Oh, the Lord is love. Don't worry about it. You just come to church and give me your tithe. That's all I care about. As a preacher like this, don't get me any more tithes, I promise you. And preaching like this, don't get me any more people. But I'll tell you what, preaching like this will save your life. And it will save your walk with God. So let's get back to the Bible and say, you know what, Delilah? Take a hike. I'm not going to be a Samson. I'm not going to be a casualty. I'm not going to fall. Because while God's speaking to me, I'm walking away and taking God up. Some of you have not been tithing. And you say, oh, yeah, well, I haven't tithed. God hasn't struck me dead yet. God hasn't destroyed me yet. Be careful. He's just being patient with you. But the day will come. It will catch up to you. Some of you, you've not been faithful in church. Well, I go one service a week or one service a month, and it ain't that bad. I mean, we haven't got that bad yet. Careful, because the day's going to come when you're going to need God, and God's going to be absent just like you've been absent. I'm trying to say we better, we better start taking this Christianity thing pretty, pretty serious because the day's going to come. You're going to need it.